for our guests, we are teaching through the Epistle of James, and we will just pick up after a short review uh, from there. True faith, true faith cannot exist without works. True faith is to believe, to trust, to lean on, to rely on, to depend upon, and to act upon what God has said. That's what true faith really is. And what God wants us to understand is that uh, when he's talking to the uh, Jewish Christians uh, through James here, this epistle, he's trying to explain to them they cannot uh, try to get to uh, heaven on their works by the law because they are used to that, the law. And just because they have given their lives to Jesus Christ doesn't mean that they have to still try to do both and try to straddle the fence. But also, he's letting them know, as well as Gentile believers that's in the church, that when you have faith, there's, there's not two things. There's not faith here like this podium, and then works here, over here. It's not like that. It's not uh, faith without works, you know, is dead. It's not that way. Faith and works go together. You cannot separate them, just like um, if you have, let's say, rice. Uh, you cannot separate, uh, if you have bleached rice, you can't separate the whiteness from the rice. You just can't do it. You know? Nor can you separate the brownness from the brown rice. If you eat, you know, the long grain brown rice. Uh, you can't separate it. Some things you just can't separate. And you cannot separate faith from works. Now Hebrews, of course, says that faith is the substance of those things hopeful and evidence of those things not seen. And if we want to put the uh, amplified definition to that, we will say to believe in Trust and rely on, depend upon, to act upon what God has said is assurance. It's actually a title deed. It's a guarantee of things expected with desire. That's what hope is, expectation with desire. It's actually a proof and conviction of future things that are not yet manifested. So we all have things that we are praying for that are not yet manifested. And it's going to take your faith to bring it into manifestation. It's going to take your works along with acting along with that to bring about that which needed. God is dependent upon it. And when I was first introduced to Christianity, uh, it was uh, through the Word of Faith Church, Faith Christian Fellowship, which is the same church this is. We just had a, it began as Faith Christian Fellowship, uh, but it, we changed the name with the second pastor to Cornerstone. And on that school of thought, faith was pretty big. It was talked about all the time. And 
we used to use our faith, try to use our faith for different things, and we were using it separate from the way God wanted to use sometime. And people did that. And I'm not asking anybody to do that because that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about trusting, depending upon, leaning on, relying on, acting on what God has said as being a definition of faith. You can't go wrong with that definition. It's not just, you know, a, well, I want a Cadillac, so I'm, I'm going to believe God for a Cadillac. That's not the faith we're talking about. We're talking about believing in, trusting in, leaning on, relying on, acting on what God has said. Now, if God has said to you, I'm going to give you a Cadillac. Now, you have to determine whether, because it's not in Scripture, you have to determine (laughs) whether you have heard from God, because God speaks prophetically, of course, or whether you are just wishful thinking. Because God does speak. And he speaks outside his word, but it agrees with the word. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what, that's what the prophetic is all about. That's why we should be prophetic people. Because you're speaking what God speaks to your spirit. You're speaking it out of your mouth. And it does a lot of encouraging, lifting people up that are going through things. And they need a word from God. Also, sometimes it's this word that, that they don't really know that's happening, what's happening in their lives. Of what's going to happen. And a prophetic word will come and it will explain to them what God is saying to them. And it gives them direction. So last time Clem was here, he spoke over some people. And it did a lot of encouragement to those people. And it was funny sometimes to hear what he was saying because he didn't know the people. But yet still he was saying some things that was, it was, it was really true, you know. God speaks. Let me also encourage the teenagers that are here, the young adults that are here, the middle-aged adults, and the older saints that are here. Also, that's everybody now. If you fall outside that category, you're in the wrong place because you're supposed to be down in the kids' church if you're younger than teenagers. Um, if your parents want you to go down. Teenagers, young adults, Particularly, a lot of times you have a faith that's your parents' faith. You have a belief that's your parents' belief. That's not going to get you to heaven. You have, have, you have to have a faith of your own. You have to have, you, and when I say faith now, what am I talking about? Trusting in, believing in, depending upon, relying on, acting on what God has said. Okay, that's, what, that's what I'm talking about. You have to know that God is who he said he is, and he speaks today, and he, he loves you, and he wants to talk to you. Yes, he wants to talk to your parents, but you're different than your parents. So therefore, you need to have that type of relationship where it's an uh, intimate relationship with the one who created you because he holds your future and not your parents. For young, for, for the middle ages and, and, and older saints, it's the same thing in that 
sometimes we have a a belief of a faith that the church has. Uh, the church is not going to get you to heaven. Jesus Christ is going to get you there. And so you have to have an intimate relationship with him and not the so-called church. You know, people sometimes, they, they are, they're in love with just coming to church, you know. And you should come because that's, anybody of a faith, you're going to come to church because Jesus did it. You know, that was his manner. He went to the synagogues. That was his manner. You know, he didn't stay home and sleep. He didn't go to the, you know, to the parkway. He, he was in the, in the synagogue. So we're going to do that. But we're not going to do that and say, this is my faith. No, that's religion. And in Lynchburg, uh, it has been prophesied, you know, uh, that we are, and it's true, that we are just a religious city. Have a lot of churches. A lot of people profess, you know, the name of Christ. But if, you're not, if it doesn't have works to go with it, then it's just idle words. Let's go a little further with what I'm saying. Because there's a difference between, there's a difference now between, if, let, me, let me stop there, let me, let me go back a little bit. How do you know you're saved? How do you know that you're going to go to heaven when you die? How do I know it? How do you do it? Know it. And now, of course, we'll say that the word says so. But does it apply to us? Have we applied the word? Now, let's, let's go a little bit deeper than that. In other words, if I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that God, that Christ was raised from the dead, the scripture says, I'll be saved. Is that correct? Because with the heart, then I'm believing into righteousness, and with my mouth, confession is made to salvation. Whoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay. Do you know anybody who've ever said words after you, and there are no, there's no fruit in their lives, none whatsoever, to back it up? You know anybody like that? Absolutely. We all do. So we can't just say words, even though we might say the right words. We have to have a change of life. And a change of life comes when there's a transformation of our spirit from dead to life. When the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And in Ephesians it tells us that. Ephesians 1 I think 13 and 14, it tells us that the Holy Spirit was given to us uh, and, and, and we are sealed in Him, the Word says. We are sealed in Him, in Christ. And it's, the Holy Spirit has been given to us as a pledge. It's a, it's a, the pledge is a, it's a down payment on the inheritance that we are to have. See, the Holy Spirit witnesses or testifies of our spirit that we are Children of God. And so the, so you should know that the Holy Spirit is convicting you. You should have some conviction, some type of, of, of uh, uh, unction inside of you that will keep you on the right path. That will, that will bring forth fruit. And so no fruit, you have to wonder if there, is the, is the Holy Spirit present? Because the Holy Spirit, we read about the fruit of the Spirit. 
You cannot have the Holy Spirit living inside. You don't have any fruit whatsoever. Faith without works is dead. They got to go together. They got to go together. Let's stop here and talk about presumption a little bit. Because we can presume that we are doing what's right. And it might not be so. In Deuteronomy chapter 1. Let's quickly look there. And that's an account now of when the, when the children of Israel, uh, it's like Moses recounting what had happened before. Uh, they sent the 12 spies out, the spies came back with a nice, juicy, big fruit, you know, and they, and, and they came back with a mixed report. Yes, you know, that, that, you know, it's, it's a land flowing with milk and honey, but, it's always a but, although, you know, there are giants there. There are large people there. They are larger than we are. We are like grasshoppers in our own sight. You know, it, 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 they get, they, they are afraid. The 12 spies are afraid. And they, they were, they were pretty tough. The 12 spies, they were pretty tough. And then they got everybody else in the whole body except two or three people afraid because they gave an evil report. And so everybody else is in the tent, and in the tents are uh, doors crying, and that did not please the Lord. They even said, let's pick it up on verse 39, Moreover, your little ones, who you said would become prey, if you go up, in other words, into the land that God has already promised you, you said that, Oh, you know, our kids, they're going to get wiped out. They're going to get wiped out. But these who this day have no knowledge of good and evil, the little ones, they're going to enter the promised land, but you're not. In other words, in verse 40, you're not going to do it. So turn around uh, because you're going in the wilderness and they're supposed to go, of course, 40 years. Then they answered and said, uh, hey, we've sinned. We've sinned. But hey, we're going to go up and we're going to fight. We're going to go up and fight because the Lord told us so. And now he's telling us to go in the wilderness. We don't want to go in the wilderness. So, hey, we're going up. The Lord told Moses, Moses, tell him, do not go up. I'm not with them. They had an opportunity, but they didn't do it. They cannot go up now. But they went up anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you what, what it says. I mean, you can read it. So I spoke to you, but you would not listen. Instead, you rebelled against the command of the Lord and acted presumptuously and went into the hill country. There's a difference between faith and presumption. Now, these, these people now that's going up, you can, they're saying, I have faith now. And I have works to back it because we are going up now. But see, if it's against what God has said, it's not faith. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm trying to tell you uh, for what you hear on TV, what you hear on different places like that, on faith, different things like that. It's not just something out there that you got to have faith. It is something within you that you are believing God for what he has said. And so God has said, don't go up. And if you do not go up, now you can say, I have faith. I'm going to do what God says. But if you go up, you're in presumption because you're doing opposite of what God said. So anybody who does something against what God has said in his word, you're not in faith. I don't care what you believe you're in. You're in presumption. So, it, so we have to be masters at hearing the voice of God. We can't get it wrong. 
because our lives depend upon it and those who are around us depend upon it. How does God speak to us? Men in different ways. We had a seminar one time on hearing the voice of God. We still have the tape so that if you ever want that uh, God speaks so many different ways, uh, it's, it's amazing how God speaks to us and we don't hear, we don't pay attention because we don't know how he speaks. In Deuteronomy chapter 17, let's look there. It says, So shall you, so you shall come to the Levitical priest or the judge who is in the office in those, in those days and you shall inquire of them. And they will declare to you the verdict in the case. And you shall do according to the terms of the verdict which they declare to you from that place which the Lord chooses. And you shall be careful to observe according to all that they teach you, according to the terms of the law which they teach you, and according to the verdict which they tell you, you shall do. You shall not turn aside from the word which they declare to you, to the right or to the left. The man who acts presumptuously by not listening to the priest who stands there to serve the Lord your God, nor to the judge, that man shall die. Thus thus you shall purge the evil from Israel. Then all the people will hear and be afraid and will not act presumptuously again. Aren't you glad you're in the New Testament grace? I am. But now, God still is saying the same thing. But he now speaks through his son. He doesn't speak through a person. You don't have to go to a priest or somebody and and confess and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to go and, and, and uh, hey, what did God say, Clem Fires? You know, I want to hear what God, give me a word from God. God speaks to you. And so you go to God and you ask God, God, what are you saying about this situation right here? And he'll speak to you. So you just have to learn the many different ways that he speaks to you. Now, how can we tell the difference? If you're in faith, you're acting on what God has said. If you're in presumption, you're acting against what God has said. It's clear. So therefore, we must always know what God is. Oh, I didn't hear but one person. You have to know what God is saying. Okay. And, and, and one of the best ways to know what God is saying is to know and follow his word. Is that correct? In a proper context. In a proper context. And still you're going to have to depend upon the Holy Spirit. Because there are areas there that some people say this, some people say that means this. So you have to discern yourself through the power of the Holy Spirit what God is saying to you. Because people are very convincing in what they say. We walk by faith and not by... What does faith mean? What do you mean when I say we walk by faith and not by sight? Are we walking by something that's out there? Something that we kind of got to grab a hold to and have enough of? You know, uh, like you say, if you have a faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, be it and move. Are we trying to get this thing that's way out here? What are we talking about when we're talking about faith? Come on, talk to me. Leaning on, relying on, depending on, acting on what God has said. Right? Okay. 
Let's continue in James. Verse 18, chapter 2. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show, that's the end there. Show me your faith without the works and I'll show you my faith by my works. What do we want, which type of person we want to say? Be. We want to be the second one. We want to, we want people to see our faith by our works, not just to hear us talk a good game. That's what we want. Verse 19. You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. Oh, that's, that's, that's bad, isn't it? That's bad. What are you saying, God? You're saying to these Jewish Christians here, scattered abroad. Now, why is he telling them that? Uh, in, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, they like, to, they, they, they like to quote a lot of things sometimes. And um, they would say, if you turn to it, they, they would say, Deuteronomy 6, 4. Uh, if you, it'll be on the screen, though, because it's real quick. Um, it'll be on the screen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. You know how in some liturgical services you quote a lot of things. You know, we could here quote the Apostles' Creed every Sunday. We can quote the Nicene Creed every Sunday. You know, you have these quotes that people go through. They just say it, you know. They grew up saying something. Well, Israel... Is no different. They, they grew up saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, is one God. That was just for, you know, they, they go with the Ten, the Ten Commandments. He's, he's letting them know, you know, I understand that you have the right doctrine of monotheism. You have the right doctrine that's, again, that's, that's different from all the nations because they are polytheistic. They, they, they believe that many gods... So you're doing okay. You're doing okay. You're doing well, in fact. But you're not going to be saved just because you believe there's one God. We have to go only now. You have, yes, you have to believe there's only one God. But we have to go a little further than that because the demons believe there's one God. And they, they are like tormented because of what's going to happen to them. As time gone. Demons have correct belief about God, but they don't have any change. They can't serve God. They can't honor God. Only thing they can do is wait for their time to be put in chains. They can wait their time to be put in the in the, in the lake of fire and brimstone. So that's why they said. Uh, like in Mark 1. Let's look there. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered into synagogue and began to teach. Oh, praise God. 
How would you like Jesus to come in the, in the cornerstone and teach? And he entered the synagogue and began to teach, and they were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And just then there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. Is that possible in the synagogue? Is that possible in the church to have someone that has an unclean spirit? Absolutely. What's going to happen if you don't even believe or if, if you're from a uh, uh, type of teaching that believes that, oh, there's no such thing as demon possessed. There's no such thing as unclean spirits, you know, that those things that, that passed away when Jesus passed away, when all the gifts passed away. We don't need to be casting out demons now. You're in trouble, you know, <laughs> you're in trouble because it might be somebody in your household. You're in trouble. God means for you to, you know, to cast the thing out and, and, and you don't believe in it. So, you, so that's why I said read the Bible, you know. Read the Bible. It's very important. And the unclean spirit cried out saying, what do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? You mean that demon knew, that unclean spirit knew who Jesus was? Where he was from? Listen to him. Have you come to destroy us? Must be more than one, huh? I know who you are. The Holy One of God. My goodness gracious. That's why James was trying to tell him, don't, don't, don't base your salvation on just because you know that there is one God. You believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is because they were Jewish Christians, so they believe in one God. They have been born again, so they, they also believe in Jesus Christ. So therefore, they knew that the unity between Jesus Christ and, and, and the Father, so they knew that there is still only one God. But demons do too. So what is that? Whoop to do. You know? That's what James is telling them. Really? I mean, you got to read and into this thing, see? James is trying to, he's trying, James is trying to help him, see? He's trying to help him. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, talking about unclean spirit, be quiet and come out of him. And throwing him into a convulsion, can unclean spirits do that? The unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. Can we do that today? Or has that passed away? Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and make disciples. And some of the disciples you make might be have unclean spirits that you're going to have to deal with. Mary Magdalene had them, didn't, didn't she? Jesus dealt with them, right? And from that point on, he had a follower, right? So you're going to have to deal with them. Let's look at verse 20 and 21. But are you willing to recognize, O foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? So there's a question he's asking. Let's look there and let's talk through this account. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. 
Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham. Does God test people? Some people say God doesn't test you. Satan does, but God doesn't test you. Oh. And wonder what Bible they're reading. And said to him, Abraham, he said, Here I am. Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will tell you. Now he'll be he'll be Abraham will be a sad, sad person. If he couldn't hear the voice of God, couldn't he? Because he, he, would, he wouldn't know what to do. He wouldn't know what, to, what mountain to go to unless he told him. He wouldn't know. Uh, you don't think because he said, which I would tell you. God speaks. He speaks to Abraham. He speaks to you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and he took uh, two of his young men with him and, and Isaac, his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which the Lord had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. And I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. Ooh, is that faith or not faith? Why is it faith? Or why isn't it faith? Is it faith or presumption? Why is it faith? Because God had already told him that Isaac, through his son, through his own body, that he's going to raise up a son and he's going to have descendants as many as the stars of the sea. In other words, he's already told Abraham this. So if he's already told Abraham this, Abraham can now say, This is a test. This is a test, you know. He's already told me that Isaac is going to be my heir. He's not going to be Eliezer. He's going to be Isaac. So, therefore, God must have something up his sleeve, you know, that I don't know about, you know. Something's going to happen. So he can say with faith, the lad's got to come back. If he doesn't come back, there are no more descendants. Right? So therefore, I'm going to tell you, men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I, we're going and worship, and we're going to come back. That's faith talking. That's faith talking. It's not presumption talking. This is faith talking. God wants us to talk like that. That's what he wants us to talk like. What has God said to you? Stand on it. Quote it. I was doing it this morning over my tithes and offering. Stand on it. I said, God, you say it. I didn't say it. You say it. You said, if I do this, this is what you're going to do. God, you're not a man that you should lie. God, just like the rain comes down, the snow from heaven, and, and, you know, it makes the earth to spring forth and bud, and it doesn't return back. It's not going to return back void. It's going to prosper into where you sent it, God. There's no way you can be lying to me, God. I'm doing what you tell me to do. And if I'm not doing it, speak to me and tell me something's wrong with this offering. Because I expect you to show up. I expect you to do what you said you're going to do. You know, your faith can rise. You know, 
and your, your, your enthusiasm can rise. You can start having joy instead of sorrow because you have trust in what God has said because you know God is not going to lie to you. I don't care what your circumstances says. Your circumstances are temporary. Do you believe it? It's temporary. Subjects change any time. So therefore, all you have to do is just wait on the manifestation. That's all you have to do. Find out what God has said. Abraham took the wood and a burnt offering and laid it on, a, on, on Isaac, his son, and took his, his hand, took, took, took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked together. Isaac pretty smart. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, Hey, 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 <coughs> father, father. Now, here I am, my son, he says. He said, Behold, the fire I see, the wood I see. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering, Dad? Now, you know, he, was te- he knew that Abraham taught his son about offerings. But see, Abraham didn't tell him, Hey, son, we're going over here to Mount, this mountain, right? And, and, and I'm going to burn you up. You know? A crispy critter. That's what you're going to be. He didn't tell him that, see? He didn't tell him that because he didn't believe that. He didn't believe it. Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Did he tell the truth? Did he see the lamb? He didn't see not a lamb nowhere. But he knew it has to be a lamb somewhere because God's not going to make me sacrifice my, my son. But even if he does, I'm going to sacrifice him anyway because God told me to. And then I know that God said that through Isaac going to be all their descendants, much as the sands on the seashore, as I can look at the stars, the numerous stars, my descendants are going to be searched through Isaac. He's going to have to raise him up. he got to raise him up. What kind of faith do you have? Let me stop using faith. What kind of belief and trust and leaning on, relying on, and acting on God's word are you doing? Or are you just saying, oh man, you know, hey, this is going on, this is going on. This is going on. This is going on. When it rains, it pours. What are we saying? We are the church, people. We're supposed to be speaking the words of God. We're supposed to be trusting and leaning on and relying on God. That's what faith is. Then they came to the place which God told him. And Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac. Why bind him? Why bind him? Why not just lay him up there so he can jump off and run when the fire gets hot? Huh? See, see, he expected them. Somehow, God's going to do something, but just in case he doesn't, I got to bind him so that he won't move. Abraham's ready to go through the whole thing now. I'm telling you. He's he not just playing and whistling Dixie, okay? He's serious. And laid his son on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay the son. But 
the angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Do not stretch out your hand against the lad. Do not do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. What did he say? Now I know. Faith without works are dead. Do you hear me? So when God tells you to do something, all fire might break loose. I'm not using another word. All fire might break loose. And all your circumstances might look like, whoo, you know, man, I started trusting God. I started going to stand on this God's word here. And man, things get worse. It was better when I wasn't trusting God. It was better before I heard that message. Have you ever thought that way sometime? If I really wouldn't have gotten saved with me going through all this, I was pretty happy when I was in the world. I was having fun. You know, sin is fun for a while. <laughs> it's going to last only a while. Only a while. And then when we look back, we'll say, Lord, have mercy. I wish I wouldn't have. If I would only known. You know? Now, listen to what it says a little bit later. The angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time from heaven and said by myself I have sworn declares the Lord because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son your only son indeed I will greatly bless you and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore and your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. I want God to say that about me. When situations get tough. You know? I don't want to dance and, and, and raise my hands and get excited when everything is going well. I want to be to dance and get excited when you get the worst news you possibly can get. Yeah? You're going to die. You have a lump somewhere and it's, oh, you know, I give you two weeks, the doctor says. You know? You're supposed to rejoice. Whoopee! Yes! Praise God! It won't be you delivering me, would you, doctor? You can't do a thing, can you, doctor? But my God can. My God said I'm going to live and not die to declare his works. You know? <laughs> so, but you're going to have to, it can't be just talk. It can't be a confession that you get out of Charles Cap book. And I confess it. You know, I confess it. Charles Cap. It can't be just a confession. It's got to be where you believe, trust in, rely on what God has said. And you have works to prove it. Because they go together. Do you hear me? Okay. Praise God. God's good, isn't it? Verse. 22, because we're going to finish up chapter 2. You thought you were going home, didn't you, when I closed my Bible? I closed it by mistake. Let me say, 
Verse 22. You see that faith was working with his works. And as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture, verse 23, was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. When does God call us his friends in the New Testament, in the Gospels, and in the Gospel of John? When does he call us a friend? He says that no longer are you servants, but you are my friends. If you do, come on, what I command you. What I command you. Did Abraham do what he was commanded to do? He was called his friend. Are we going to do what God commands us to do? We'll be his friend. Okay? He's I'm his friend anyway. You know? He's a friend of sinners. Okay. Okay. I know it's a song. Okay? Sing your songs. Do your dance. But you better obey the word of God. Okay? Verse 24. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. You can't separate them. Just like white on rice, you can't separate them. They go together. Verse 25. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? Why did she, why, why did she do it? Why did she risk her life? And the king told her, hey, where are those men that came here? They trying to spy out the land. Where are they? Up here. They, they went that way, you know. I saw them. They were going. You know? They were up on the roof. She hit them. Why did she do that? Because she knew Israel is coming. I've heard about Israel. And I'm a prostitute. I have family. I want to get out of this prostitute. I don't want to be this way the whole, all the time. And I want my family saved too. So, Hey, I'm going to let you all go. I want you to, I'm going to let you down here. And I want you to go over there and, and hide for a while. Then after the spies come back, after the, after the, the people come back and looking for you, then you go on your way. But do, will you please remember me when you all come to destroy us? Will you mem- remember me? Well, we'll remember you if you keep quiet what you've done. And also you hang this scarlet, you know, thread out here. Then we'll do that. But they have to be in your household now. They have to be in your room, you know. What did my parents say, you know? She didn't say this, but I'm saying that. Well, why, why, what did my parents say? I'm not coming into this, your room and you'd have been prostitution in here. I'm not going there. You know, hey, don't, don't do that, you know? Isn't you know, love your kids, even though, even though they're not what they should be now, you know? Things are subject to change in the time. Okay? So, the end result was Rahab was saved in her household too. Mama, father, everybody was saved. It was in the household. Matter of fact, Rahab became great in Israel. Didn't she? She's in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Okay? Verse 26, the last verse. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also is faith without works dead. I think we got a picture, don't don't you? I think we got a picture of what James was trying to tell the uh the Jews that scattered abroad, the Jewish Christians that were scattered abroad. And I think we got a picture of what he's telling what God is telling us, don't you? What is he telling us? I hear mumbling. Come on. 
That's right. He's telling us to do that. Get the word and then lean on it, rely on it, trust in it, act on it. Get the word. Get the word. You don't have no word, you know, can't stand. So be around people that's going to give you the word, okay? I don't care if you're kids. Kids will give you the word, okay? They know the word. They go to Sunday school. They go to Raw Rangers. They'll give you the word, okay? If you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, it's not going to help you, is it? You have to be saved. Bow your heads, please. Father, Father, today is the day of salvation, and we're asking that anyone here, if anyone here has not given their life to Jesus Christ, today is that day, Lord. You said it. You said it, Lord. And we want to pray for those. If anyone here has not given your life to Jesus Christ, would you please raise your hand and put it back down, because we want to pray for you. Anyone here today? Does anyone here today say, you know, today is the day where I'm returning to the Lord because... I can't afford to be outside of his protection. I want to return to the Lord. I gave my life to Jesus Christ before, but I want, I, want to, I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. If that's you, just raise your hand and put it back down. I want to pray for you. I don't want to embarrass you. Anybody here? It's like that today. Is there anyone here today say, you know, that word was for me? That, you know, I was thinking faith was something that you know, you kind of, it's out there. You know it exists. Uh, because it said that if I have faith as a grain of mustard seed, I can say this mountain be removed and it'll be removed. But I just didn't know how, how to get this thing. And I, I know it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But, but where is this faith? Is it just out there? Is this in a in la-la land? Where is this faith that I, I'm supposed to have? The message is for me today because I know that now faith is Believing in, trusting in, depending upon, leaning on, relying on, acting on what my God has said. So it gives me a mandate to get in the Word, to learn the Word. Because He speaks through His Word. But it's also a mandate for me to respect the prophetic Word also. I'm going to judge it, yes. But I want to respect it because God speaks through His servants. I want to respect the people in my household because sometimes God can be speaking to me through people in my own household. And I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking that they just want to put me down. But no, they're not trying to put me down. They're trying to speak the truth to me. It might be somebody in my job. It might be somebody in the church. Would you pray for me that I can hear God's voice? Because everything that we said today is dependent upon you hearing God's voice. Is anyone here want to hear God's voice a little bit more clearer? Know for sure that I'm hearing the voice of God. Raise your hand and put it back down. I want to pray for you. Okay. Thank you. I see those hands. Good. I see those hands. Will the prayer team come up? Father, you've seen the hands, and we pray now that everyone who raised their hand, Lord, to hear your voice, Lord, you are present. The word of God is near us, even in our mouth. We don't have to go up to heaven to get it. We don't have to go down to the depths of the sea to get it. We don't have to cross over the sea to get it. The word of God is near us. It's in our hearts, too. I pray, Father, that you will make it sure that you will let them know 
how to increase their ability to hear you vo- your voice, Lord. Hear you in many different ways. And we do have the, the seminar series on hearing the voice of God. And if anybody wants it, then we have that. We can get it to you. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you and we give you the glory for what you're doing and what you're saying. Because this message, Lord, increases my joy. It increases my desire to trust you.